Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ tissue and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us, guys, at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. And I'm Nyla Schwab. Coming up on the Gifted Life today. We'll be talking to someone who's had a near-death experience and then received a holiday miracle. She's here today to tell us all about it. We're going to also be talking about listening, and I'm going to teach y'all a statement that helps you listen and also helps you go deeper in your conversations and relationships with people. Totally got my attention. All that and more right here on The Gifted Life. Stay with us. Here on the Gifted Life podcast, we are excited to introduce you to our newest friend, Shauna Pereira, joins us now by phone. How are you, ma'am? I'm so good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We love it. I'm going to ask you about that accent because I could listen to you all day. Uh, But just to give our listeners a little tip, you're a heart and kidney recipient, uh, and you're using your near-death experience to help others. So you already have our attention. Uh, We want to get to know you. We want to get to know how you're not a a typical patient, as you described yourself, and we want to learn from you. So thanks for taking the time to join us here on the Gifted Life podcast. I'm going to ask you to uh, introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about you. Thank you so much for that. My name is Shana, and I currently live in California, Southern California. But my accent, as you pointed out, is Australian, actually. So I was born and bred in the Australian outback, Um, And needless to say, even the winter here in California is stressful for me. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Exactly. So I am an advertising executive is what I do for work. Um, And I received a heart and kidney, life-saving heart and kidney transplant on Christmas 2020. You're, uh, of course, a heart and kidney recipient. Can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to that? And then, of course, you know, a lot of people don't really understand the transplant world, you know, that whole piece uh, when when that was uh, affecting you. Yeah, for sure. So I had uh, done a 10-year stint of work where I had been on top of my game, as they say, I'd won a stack of awards in my industry and I thought I'm going to go home and uh, just celebrate the fact that I had all of this work success in my mind. And I'd gone back to Australia on for Christmas 2015 and on Christmas Eve 2015, I found out my kidneys were failing. I ended up in hospital that night and the doctors had said, you're having kidney issues, your kidneys are failing. Needless to say, I was in complete shock. I hadn't been to a doctor in years, which was my first realization. And in that process, what was interesting about it was that I heard myself speaking to myself. I had a moment where I could hear my inner dialogue of 
I'm hungry, but I've got these three meetings. Let me just get through the meetings and then I can eat after. I'm really thirsty, but let me do the next two phone calls. Then I'll go and get a drink of water. And I could hear how I had put my health second and my well-being second or third, frankly, as a priority in my life. And I came back to the U.S. with a stack of paperwork and I had to find doctors to kick off the journey of how I was going to heal from my kidney failure. And uh, that's where I started to look at who were my doctors, what was the process and the journey that I was going to go on to actually figure this out. And I ended up on dialysis from 2016 through to 2020. And during that time, I got put on the kidney transplant list through a lot of uh, conversation and work and evaluation and finding the right hospital that was a real fit for me and the way in which I wanted to approach my well-being. Um, I got listed in 2017 and I was on the list. Um, in 2018, I had an altruistic donor who reached out, which was so beautiful, and said, I want to get, donate my kidney to you. She actually heard about me on a podcast um, that a friend of mine did wow. and mentioned that I was looking for a donor. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And she's just a beautiful person. She is uh, from Virginia and a public school teacher, just an amazing lady. Wow. And so we went through the journey of getting her tested. Um, due to COVID, her testing took longer than normal. Oh, right. So it took closer to two years than it uh, than normally takes around six months to a year. Uh, because kidney transplants are a um, are an elective surgery. So a lot of people don't realize that. So when COVID hit, I don't know if you remember, but all elective surgeries were put on hold. Mm -hmm. right. So that included yep. kidney right. transplants. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. I'm listening to you that that it's considered an elective surgery when people clearly know, yes, there's dialysis and it helps you for some time, but years on dialysis is, you know, takes time off of your life. So I just find it fascinating. It, isn't it? We could have a whole podcast conversation yes. just about mm -hmm. that. Because, yes. Mm -hmm. yes, I completely agree. Um, she was finally approved in August of 2020. And all that was left to do for me was a stress test and a CT scan to clear me for surgery such that we could get, we could get scheduled for our kidney transplant. Mm. So we were both super excited. I did both of the tests. And the doctors called and said, we think that one of your kidneys has cancer. Oh, man. And I thought, oh, I'm dead. I'm, I'm going to die. Like, there's no way that after all of this time, all of the struggle that it took to get her approved through COVID, we finally get approved. And now the same kidney that everyone's been looking at for five years could potentially have cancer. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. Yeah. I thought there's no way... I'm meant to be here. I thought this is a sign that mm. I'm I'm not meant to be here. Um, I would say that I am spiritual, but I'm not necessarily religious. So mm. I believe that there is a higher power. Um, but I, you know, I'm still I was still in the exploration at the time of 
who that higher power was for me and what I thought, but I just knew whatever you call it, the universe, God, Buddha, whatever version, Mother Nature, that there is something greater than us that is at work. So I thought the higher powers to be are really giving me a sign that this is not meant to happen. Right? Oh, <laughs> I, man. Like I thought, I'm, I'm done. And I'm sitting here thinking, and she did all this she, work. She found this this living donor. Yeah. We're, we're almost there. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's exact. I was like, we're so close. This cannot be. Two days later, the cardiologist called and said, don't worry about your kidney. Your heart is failing. Oh, oh And I thought, what? Like, for sure I'm meant to die. <sighs> for sure. I am not meant to be here. Were you feeling bad during all of this? I wasn't feeling any worse than I already was having been on dialysis for that long. Okay. So I was feeling okay, but also with COVID, we'd been locked down and I had been on double lockdown because obviously with uh, kidney failure, it's very dangerous to catch any, any kind of virus, let alone COVID. So I was in double lockdown. I'd been in my house sometimes for days on end where I wasn't going anywhere. And like many of us, right? Not Mm -hmm. not dissimilar to to most of us here in the US. So I thought I haven't exercised as much as I normally do. I felt a little bit like um, puffed out when I was walking. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, it's probably just because I haven't been outside as much. I haven't gone to the beach as much as I would normally. I haven't been exercising as much. So I really didn't think anything of it other than my my cardio abilities aren't what they used to be three months ago, four months ago, six months ago. But I wasn't feeling any extra sick than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and my normal obviously was a different baseline than So at this point, you think you're going to have a kidney transplant, then you find out that you've, you know, you may have a kidney cancer, and then you find out right after that that you need a, or you, your, that your heart is failing. Did you realize that that was going to lead to a need for a heart transplant too? I knew at that point that it could be an option. Okay. Um, But the doctors had said first. My doctor is, first off, is amazing. One of the rules that I had with my doctors was, I don't want to hear averages. I don't want to hear potentials. I don't want to hear worst-case scenarios. I just want to focus on what's the next thing that we need to do and what information do I need to give me the best information to make the most informed decision for just the next step. At that point, as you can imagine... I couldn't take another thing. So when I was sitting in the cardiologist's office, I had said to him, I really can't take anything else, but what is the next step? And by the way, I think I'm going to die. And what was so beautiful about our relationship was the first thing he said was, first off, he said, I've got millions of people running around with a heart and kidney transplant. There are millions. You're fine. He said, you know, heart and kidney transplant, we do it all the time. And the hospital that I was at is Cedars-Sinai. And he said, we do it all the time. It's not as unusual as people might think. So from that standpoint, you don't have some rare, you know, scenario that we've never seen before. Right. So he said, first off, let's keep that in perspective. And he said, secondly, I have a game plan. 
So I will keep the game plan. You go live your life. And that's our agreement. When I reach out to you and say to you, I've booked an appointment at this place or that place, you go and do it. Or if I say to you, you need to schedule X, Y, and Z, you go and schedule it. Be at all your appointments. Come in here whenever I need you to come in. And the rest you don't have to worry about. I've got a game plan. You go live your life. So, yes, heart transplant, we might need to get to that. But right now, let's take the next step, which is evaluating what can we do to get your heart strength back up in surgery. Shauna, we're in the so, knee deep of holiday season. I'm going to need that holiday miracle. Come on, come on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So at the time, I called my best friend, Rachel, and I said, this is what's happening. Um, I might, I'm, it looks like I'm going to need a heart and kidney transplant. And she said, this is going to be awesome. And I was like, what? She goes, this is going to be awesome because your kidneys failed on Christmas Eve, 2015. And at this point it's November. And she said, so what's going to happen is you're going to get your kidney removed and they're going to confirm it's not cancerous. And that kidney is going to go to the universe as the gift to the universe for Thanksgiving. And we're going to be grateful and give out a kidney. And then on Christmas, you're going to receive your gift and you're going to receive a heart and kidney for your Christmas miracle. And we're going to make a Hallmark movie because there's so much <laughs> happening at Christmas. And I love Hallmark movies. I like she her. Like, I love Hallmark movies. Isn't she awesome? She goes, I love Hallmark movies. So I'm going to play myself in the Hallmark movie. And it's yes. going to be amazing. It's yes. all going to work out great. And of course, it all worked out exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I thought I was in Final Destination at the time. Oh. You know the movie where yeah. it's like, if the car accident doesn't kill you, the microwave blows up and that's how you die. <laughs> like, that's the movie that I was in. So yeah. I thought, well, her movie sounds way better. <laughs> and so I decided I'm going to be in her movie. Yes. And I called the doctor and I said, listen, we're making a Christmas movie, so we need to hurry this whole thing up. <laughs> what do I have to do to, to get myself you know, to where we need to be. And he said, it doesn't really work like that, but you'll have a list of appointments in which you need to clear yourself. And you can, you know, schedule them as fast as you can. And I said, okay, great. And at this point, we'd already done um, three procedures, one major surgery and another two procedures to see if we could get my heart strength back up. And we couldn't. My heart stayed under 20%. So... This now we're in the um, in December, and they admitted me on December twenty third, and on December twenty third, uh, we did the final heart pressure check to see what I would be listed as, and I was put on the list as a level four for a heart and kidney transplant, which meant that it would take between four to six to eight weeks, likely around the eight week mark. So the doctor said, it's not going to be a Christmas miracle, but you can still make the movie and just make it up. <laughs> Got highs and lows and here. I'm going with you on this I story. Know. I'm like, come on. <laughs> right? So what took place then was they confirmed me on the list on Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, they called and said, we have a heart and kidney for you. Oh, wow. And at that point, there were thousands of people that were praying for me. Oh, and it all, wow. it was a Christmas miracle. The next day, we were going into surgery, 
three hours before surgery, the doctors came in to celebrate and they were so ecstatic. They were like, it was a Christmas miracle. We can't believe it. This normally takes six weeks, eight weeks. This is amazing. You called it. I can't believe it. And as we're celebrating, I flatlined. And that's when it became a real miracle because it was then apparent that my heart was scheduled to stop on December 26. And if we hadn't have had the Christmas miracle, I would have died the next day. Mm. So they raced me me into surgery. Um, Helicopter was still on its way with my heart in it. So they kept my heart beating manually for three hours while the helicopter arrived and they transplanted me and I woke up, I want to say, 24, 28 hours later with a heart and kidney. Um, and I'm here today to talk about it. Well, that I think is, we're just all in awe. Yeah, That's crazy. That's it's the fact that you even kind of felt it like, all right, I need this Christmas miracle. And then, uh, you know, of course it happens exactly as you felt that it would is just remarkable. I want to know a little bit more. Of course, I think the the world always wants to know, right? All of our listeners want to know more about. So tell me a little bit about that three-hour mark before and you flatlining. So what? So can, like, how did you yeah. feel? What like, what did you feel like before, during, and after? How'd that, how'd that work out? Yeah, so I flatlined for um, between 90 seconds and two minutes is what they tell me post. One minute, I'm sitting in the hospital bed and I'm having a conversation with the three doctors and two nurses. And we're cheering, we're laughing, we're getting ready. They're like, we're going to come back and get you. I'm talking, I'm completely fine. All of a sudden, I said, you know, I'm starting to feel a little, I feel a little queasy. Mm-mm. I said, this whole rule of like not eating after mm-hmm. midnight business and then, you know, surgery's late the next afternoon. I said, so whoever made that up, <laughs> someone needs to change that <laughs> because I'm feeling sick. I need to eat or water or something. And I remember sitting up and looking at them and I laid back and fell asleep. And then all of a sudden I'm in this dark, it's like darkness, but it was like infinite darkness. So it didn't feel like a place where you could turn a light on. It wasn't that kind of darkness, but it was like empty blackness. The only way I can describe it is it it felt like being outer space, if you will, like a, I've obviously never been outer space, but it felt like that sort of like dark openness. And I remember thinking, what is going on? Like, where am I? And then all of a sudden I'm standing in a hallway and there's a light at the end of the hallway. And there's God and Jesus standing in front of me. And remember, I'm not particularly religious at all. I curse more than I think any person. (laughs) (laughs) So I would be the last person that this would happen to. And as I'm standing there, all of a sudden I feel this overwhelming sense of compassion. And it's a sense of compassion for being a human everything we feel, everything we go through, all the suffering, all the joy, all the pain. I just felt this overwhelming just wave of compassion that it was like if you added up every person in the world and times it by 10,000, 
that's how much compassion felt like it reverberated through my being. And I just knew where I was. I just instantly knew where I was. And in that moment, God said to me, you are to start a church with your best friend, all denomination, not with the intention to convert, but to demonstrate that we are all united simply because we are religious. I never intended religion to divide, only to unite. And I said, okay. And I remember Jesus was a person in the sense that I could pick him out in a lineup today. I remember very vividly what I saw. God was a dark shadow. And I just instantly, it was just a knowing, like a familiarity and a knowing that he wasn't a human, but he was in sort of the shape of a human so that I didn't feel like I was talking to a cloud or I wasn't spending time figuring out like what was happening. And for some reason, I just knew that that was the process in the moment. I just got that sense of like, I get why all of this is happening. I can't explain it. And then I came back through the three phases. After he said that, I said, okay. And all of a sudden I'm in the infinite darkness again. And then I'm asleep and someone's trying to wake me up. And I thought, who is hitting me? Like, what do they want? I'm just trying to sleep. And as I open my eyes, I realize it's chest compressions. Mm. And one of the nurses who was in my room, she happened to be an ER nurse, a crisis nurse. And so she was giving me CPR. And I opened my eyes and I moved her off of me. And I said, Margaret, relax. (laughs) And I pushed her off me. And I sat up in the bed and said, guys, relax. I just took a little nap. Where were we? Uh, And to this day, doctors, the doctors that were there, as well as doctors that uh, hear the story, say that that is highly, remarkably unusual, where most people who flatline are groggy, they don't know what happened, they don't remember, they come out of it not knowing where they are, discombobulated, drooling, weak, unable to sit back up, those kinds of things, and they, they can't explain it. And from there... They raced me into the OR, and I remember being in the OR. I remember the journey to the OR. The lights, as we were running down the hallway, were flashing over the top. Um, it truly was like a Grey's Anatomy episode wow. where, um, yeah, all of a sudden we're in the OR, and I remembered all the pieces. The funny part about it was afterwards, one of my friends said, we have a minor problem. Minor. You hate going to church, <laughs> so I don't know how you're the one who's going to create a church. Shauna, so that's the running is, joke. I'm like, I have no clue. You have such a powerful story and an experience to share, and I can't imagine like sharing this and all the different reactions that you receive from people and. Um, family and friends. My mouth was open almost yeah. the whole time here. I but I was like, how wonderful Thank that this you. happened to you. You're a great communicator. You explain your emotions perfectly. You take us on a journey. Like if it would have been me, I'd have been like, ah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's unexplainable. <laughs> right. But you take us on this journey and then, you know, somebody listening needed to hear your story today. It's the holiday season. Like, how perfect all of this comes together. So take us to where you are 
now. And if people do want to connect with you, if they do want to maybe share their experience or learn more about yours, like where do we where do we send them? I know we can find you on a Google search. We've we've been doing that, but what do you prefer? Thank you. Um, Instagram tends to be a really great place where people can reach out pretty easily. Um, but also, I have my website, and so uh, they can also reach me there, which is just shanaperera.com. I love hearing other people's stories, and I really do appreciate everything all, all of you have said in the sense that I've always thought that I had a different path and it's really amazing, I think, how your life experiences truly are as bad as they may seem in the moment. They truly are continuous experiences to define your purpose and really mark your arrow on where you're meant to be going. Like that. And so I think I've had the, the privilege to recognize that and embrace it because um, my normal self was going to just get a kidney transplant and never talk about it again mm. because I was embarrassed that I didn't take care of myself in the first place to have ended up needing a kidney transplant. Mm. And I was embarrassed that I didn't go to the doctor for years. Yeah. Well, you know, to even have gotten ahead of it, you know, so I would have never talked about it again. I can, I just want to thank you for being vulnerable to share that. Because I can't imagine, we have so many people that, that listen to this, and some will be waiting for that gift. Your open honesty and how you became an advocate for yourself, and, and now sharing that experience so that we can all learn from your journey. Thank you. Spreading hope. I'm Thank loving you. the, um, I, I went to your, your website. I love your baby picture. Oh, thank you. On the phone, communicator from the word go. Yes, I love Isn't it. Isn't that funny? Like some would say, some would say <laughs> that we're born for certain things. It's one of those pictures that I look at um, and, and uh, I get a lot of feedback that I'm a great negotiator. And oh, so that's yeah. one of the pictures that um, even at work they lean on to say she was born like this. Yeah. And now a symbol of hope (laughs) for so many. I love it. I want to spell out your name uh, just for folks to be able to find you a little easier. S-H-A-N-A-P-E-R-E-I-R-A.com. Learn about her. Uh, We're going to give you an open invitation here on The the Gifted Life. So as you take your next chapter, your your next step, uh, please continue to share with us. And um, and, and we like to learn from you. So uh, please continue to check in with the Gifted Life crew. And thanks for sharing your story today. Yes, we appreciate you. Thank you. I so appreciate the opportunity. And thank you for, for giving people like me the platform to be able to share such that others do have that hope. It's really special what you guys do. Thank you. Here on The Gifted Life, we take a moment for mental health. And this time we're going to be talking about something that my wife is excited that I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> okay, Joey, it? this is really going to help you. <laughs> so um, there's 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 this statement that it seems so simple and you might even think it's silly, but when you start trying it, it's like throwing darts. And when you're throwing darts, you're sometimes going to hit the bullseye. And so that's what you're hoping for. So when you're 
talking with somebody, sometimes your mind will slip away. And no, you'll be, never, Nyla. <laughs> what are you about? Just me. <laughs> but you, know, you go into comparison or you go into your own story or you're like, oh, my gosh, I can connect with that because mm-hmm. – but this way, this keeps you listening for how that person feels. Listening ears. Okay. Mm-hmm. So put your listening ears on. I like that. And so if you, you're just going to try to listen to the story to see what emotion you can pick up. And then here's the hard part. Then you got to figure out why that emotion's there. So we just heard a very beautiful, special story. A lot of emotions in that, mm-hmm. you know, in that story. So when you're talking to somebody, what you can say is... Um, Joey, if you're talking to me or, I mean, or Lori, you know, I could say, Lori, you feel excited today because we're meeting new guests that, that bring so much powerful information. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're picking up. <laughs> like, what do I do? Okay. Am I on target or not? Like, this is where yes. we have a conversation. Yes. Or maybe I'm not. Maybe you're like, I'm no. listening to you and I'm thinking about how to respond to you. So I need to like adjust. Yeah. Okay. That's my normal thought process of listening is, all right, I'm listening and I'm trying to fig- decipher everything you're saying and then. Figuring out what I'm going to say. And right. here's this nugget. Instead I got to put this over here so to I remember. So I should have pretended like you had a big conversation, but I'm just thinking how you you always come in here, Lori, so excited. And like you always have so much energy when we come in here. And so I think you come in because you love meeting these guests and hearing about their stories. And you have True. a beautiful way of sharing stories. So, okay. So like if you had said all that, then it would be me <laughs> saying, hey, you're just so excited today because you, because of the guests that we have. Mm-hmm. And then this gets the conversation going because I'm either on target and you are going to be heard or feel like you're heard or you're going to be like, no, not at all. I'm excited because, you know, it's my child's birthday and we have a big party after whatever it Mm -hmm. is. But this is how you can make a conversation turn into more meaningful Mm -hmm. connection with someone. Does that make sense? So, Joey. That makes a lot of sense. I mean. Take a stab at it. Well, well, no, but uh, so (laughs) so we practice. At least me and then my guy friends in general. Worst uh, example ever, Joe. <laughs> and, and we do uh, non-versation <laughs> and try to gather no emotion out of whatever you're telling me. <laughs> Completely ignore it. That can be and a whole other podcast. <laughs> yes. So I've got a, a, now I have, it's a whole new way of thinking about something. Now maybe I can have better conversations yeah. with my wife now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, it, and there's the flip side. You can, you, and sometimes you need to try to think about how you are feeling. So I feel I feel nervous. I feel nervous because when I speak in public or with people staring at me like y'all, I get super nervous. <laughs> and you know that again, but you're just connecting with somebody right. on a human level mm-hmm. with trying to really figure out like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we walk by people every day and we're like, hey, how you doing? And they say, good. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, and then you keep going. So, mm-hmm. but this is like, if you turned around and said, good, you feel good. I mean, Joe, you would throw somebody off if you passed them in the hall and say, you feel good because what? Yeah. And then but they're yeah. going to Why do you feel good? Yeah. Yeah. It would really bite their own off because they'd have to yeah. stop and think like, what did, what do I feel? But Nyla's a great listener because we work in the same office space. So when she says how you're doing, like she really gets to hear how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes she's probably like, I don't have time right now, Lori. <laughs> but she's always so nice and listens. But I appreciate that. OK, well, I'm going to throw in one last tip on that. So if somebody really goes into a deep because they're really having a hard time, then you can say that one statement. 
you're struggling because of your grief. Mm. So how about I'm going to reach out to you tonight so we can finish this conversation because I want to hear more. Mm. So you really can help that guide some boundaries on the conversation too. So it's just something to start practicing. It's like playing darts, Joey. I mean, you know darts <laughs> yeah. with the guys. All yeah. right, well, this is darts with, you know, with your feelings. So All right. I'll try We're going to practice. Joey and Ashley is going to be our test <laughs> see how this goes. Do you have a topic you'd like us to cover here at The Gifted Life? All you have to do is email us info at thegiftedlife.org. In our question and answer segment today, Joey, got one for you. Is it common to replace multiple organs at one time? What say you? It isn't. It's it's uh, not rare, but it doesn't happen on on most cases. Okay. But it is it is more and more uh, often that we do see it, and the reason is especially in certain areas. So in infants, for instance. So infants oftentimes don't have just one organ that's that's failed or, or a problem they usually have multiple at a time so uh, in other words if their heart if oftentimes if their heart's underdeveloped or they have some kind of t- congenital uh, you know disease a disease that happened in you know in utero uh, it'll often affect the lungs too so they'll have a heart and lung transplant or what we really see often in kids is, uh, what's called a multivisceral uh, organ transplant, and in that case, when they need, you know, they don't just need a liver; they often will need a liver, maybe a small piece of the stomach, the pancreas, and the small intestine. So that all gets kind of scooped out and transplanted at the same time on on infants. So we do see it's it's very it's a lot more common in in infants now. We still see it often in, in other organs, especially the, the kidneys and the pancreas, because as we all know, lot. most yeah. people know that pancreas is, uh, you know, diabetes. When pancreas fails, you have you get diabetes and that affects the kidneys directly. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, if you just give them a kidney transplant, you still have the diseased pancreas. So it would still be a problem. Right. So it, they'll get the kidney and the pancreas transplant and same thing with other organ sets you'll see liver and the and the kidney sometimes go together not often but sometimes when you have a liver disease that liver disease also then affects the the kidneys hepatorenal syndrome they call it uh, so you'll see it a heart and a kidney uh, lungs in the kidney so so we'll see it from time to time that's why so on the list when we pull up the list it'll have the uh, the organ that we pull up, and then it'll have the associated the, the the additional organs that are needed for that particular patient. That way, we can make sure when we do match up, we're matching up the multiple organs. If you have a question, give us a call five zero four six four eight three four seven seven. In every episode of the Gifted Life podcast, we honor a hero. In today's episode, our hero is Mitchell Jean Aswell. This is written by Mitchell's family. My son Mitchell was on the heart transplant list. He had been sick for several years before being called home. He had the biggest heart. He was always thinking of others and never met a stranger. Mitchell donated his eyes and they were the most beautiful baby blue eyes you have ever seen. He left behind an eight-year-old daughter who was the light of his life. Whoever got Mitchell's eyes is a very lucky person. 
If you can see the world through those eyes, you are truly blessed. And now we pause and say thank you to Mitchell for the gift of life. And that is going to do it for episode 203, guys. Special thanks to Shauna Pereira for coming on. And wow, what a story. I was certainly, uh, you know, I I was already kind of anticipating a lot from the story and and her being a good storyteller, you can tell from the very beginning. Roller coaster. Wow. (sighs) Yes. Highs and lows. And I think so how brave to like have such um, a powerful experience and then to be able to share that, you know, because in today's world... Sometimes it's it's you, you can be reluctant to go right. out and be honest and I vulnerable that, and yeah. put your information right. out there, and right. she is right. I mean, the fact that she, the fact that she had one thing after the other after the other thrown at her to where I, I agree with her. You like you have to think at some point, okay, like this is it, right? This is you yeah, know right. Uh, and well, now I need a uh, you know I need a kidney transplant. I'm on dialysis, and that's all. That's difficult. And then you find out about you know renal cell carcinoma, kidney cancer. And then heart failing, and then you have go into cardiac arrest. You know, three hours before your miracle is getting there. And it's she had an altruistic. How do you say that? Altruistic. Yeah, donor, yeah, donor that just came yeah, out of nowhere. But she's right. She goes, "This is hope." Like she said, "I thought I was yeah. hopeless, and then all these things happen." So I don't want people to lose hope, and I love that. So I'm yeah. going to use my story to help others. You got to love that lesson. So we appreciate her being here and we thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can register as an organ, eye and tissue donor anytime at registerme.org. And the best place to find us, please tell your friends, thegiftedlife.org. Listen there and find links to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating. It really helps others to find our podcast. On social media, we're on Facebook, The Gifted Life Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Gifted Life Pod. We do hope that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. Have a good one. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Nyla Schwab. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. <laughs>